Welcome back to the Blind Side Rewind. I'm one of your hosts, Jeremy Timmerman, joined as always by my buddy Justin Baxley. Justin, how's it going, man? Good, man. How about you? It's going good. You know, it's just, it's another week, uh, busy week as always. But um, you know, we're just we're plugging along here. Uh, we're actually recording. You know, last week we recorded almost immediately after. Uh, episode one went off the air. We, we pretty much jumped right on it and started recording. This week, uh, due to some, due to some scheduling blunders on my part, uh, we're actually waiting a day <laughs> to record. Um, but I kind of feel like it, it allowed us to do some things that we'll re, we'll uh, revisit before we record next week. It allowed us to do some some research and look at some things that I don't we we wouldn't have had time to do. If we had recorded on Wednesday night, so I, I think there are some definite benefits right. to this that we accidentally got to enjoy. For sure. <laughs> Speaking of accidentally or not accidentally enjoying, but did allow me get some time to procure uh, a new beer. Uh, oh, I, I don't know if you heard the the cam pop there. Um, and if you're a, a long time listener, you'll know the cam pop is something we do almost every episode. One of us is drinking a. Some sort of beer, um, but I have the new beer from Piedmont. The um, in the name of love, uh, it's part of the uh, Making Pride Festival celebration, and it is a strawberry peach smoothie sour with vanilla and milk sugar. That vanilla and milk sugar addition to a sour is usually really good. How's that one? It is pretty fantastic. Um, Really easy drink. Um, it's really smooth. It's not too sour. Um, it's not like overly sour, but it does definitely has like that, uh, you know, that smoothie, that strawberry peach flavor to it. And again, Piedmont, you talk about a place that don't miss. Piedmont don't miss. No, I've never had a bad beer from Piedmont. Um, if you're ever in Macon, Georgia, and you want to know one place to go here in town, they are not a sponsor. But if somebody is listening to this who is a Piedmont, um, related individual, uh, we would gladly take a sponsorship and you wouldn't have to pay as much really at all. Uh, <laughs> just, just some, you pay me in chicken tendies and a beer and I will be happy. Um, exactly. exactly. <laughs> I eat there every week and I pay them to eat there, obviously. So yes, uh, obviously, because the thing right. about Piedmont is like, if I had one place to send somebody like you're in town for one night and you want to go out and get a, a meal in Macon with beverages, Piedmont is where I'm sending you. The food is great. They have great specials on food. They have great regular meal items and their beer is top notch. They're the best in my mind. They're the best local brewery. We have several uh, fall line is also very good. Um, but for my money, Piedmont is is the place I would send you. So if you do, I'd say it's the best best local restaurant, um, and not in the sense like there are places where I can go get potentially a better meal, but in terms of just consistency, and in terms of just like casual dining, like I just you know I, I I'm, I'm with you. I'd probably send them over there to Piedmont, and like I said, I mean I grabbed a, a four pack of Tall Boys from from there the other night. It's like seventeen bucks. Like this is really good beer. Like top-notch quality like you can tell they put a lot of effort into the things they do and it was for a really cool cause and um for a really cool uh celebration Macon didn't get to have a pride during 
COVID. And so they pushed it back to now and Piedmont was able to put together a really good beer to go with that. Yeah. So good stuff. Good stuff. Um, but this is not a beer podcast. We've, we've said it probably could be one day, but, um, <laughs> it's not, it's a, it's a survivor podcast. And this week's episode, it was a lot of fun to me, man. It wasn't as, as heavy on action as, as the last one. Uh, it would be hard for a one hour episode to match wits with, to, to match action with a two hour premiere, but, um, it was a good episode right out of the gate. So one thing you and I joked about, I don't remember if we actually spoke about it on the podcast, but when we were conversing is that it really looked like Brad and Nasir were in trouble. If you watched the next time on survivor preview that comes on kind of right before the credits, um, it would, it really looked like they were in trouble. And and we joked that that, that mean, either means they're in trouble or it means that we're going to find out very quickly that they're not in trouble at all. Uh, and it was, it was more of the latter, particularly for Nazir. I just want to say the first thing that jumped out to me about this episode that I already was kind of feeling like I told you when we were doing our draft and all we had seen was their bios, how much I love Nazir and how much. Um, I just really liked him. And then I, when I watched his video, I told you, I was like, dude, I love this Nazir guy. And he, he just brings me joy. Like that sounds like such a dramatic thing to say, but watching him, like the way he talks about watching the, the, um, watching his tribe mates try to make fire and he knows he could just make it, but he try, he lets them try. And he just watches them. And then when they can't do it, he comes over and he <laughs> makes fire and he doesn't even need Flint to do it. He just makes fire. And then he, he sees a breadfruit like 20 feet up in a tree and he just a couple of tosses with a stick and he knocks that breadfruit down. And then when he gets it down, he like has like this childlike excitement about knocking that breadfruit down. And that's just, that excitement is just kind of who Nasir is. And he's so right. much fun to have on the screen. Well, it reminds me a lot of the, like, Tony characters. The folks that just, like, Tony making the ladder in season 40. And you're just like, Tony, <laughs> you get down from there, you silly rascal. You're going to hurt yourself. Uh, no, I was seriously concerned Tony was going to hurt himself. But um, Oh, yeah, that, that ladder did not look safe at all. No. And, like, then he grabs the shark out of the water and starts running around the beach with it. Like, that was so much, like, for me, that's what made Tony one of my favorite players. And so I agree with you, man. Nasir has that it factor. Um, I still think he probably goes pretty soon. But <laughs> just based on the edit. But... Um, it was kind of a well. I think I think he's he's somebody he's he's gonna have a hard time lasting very long after the merge. I, I will say that. Like I don't know if he goes before the merge because one of the cool things is we got to see his tribe mates. It was kind of old school where like because of the and I'm gonna steal some points here from uh, Tyson Apostles uh, podcast. If you're not listening to it. Uh, I would encourage you to, in addition to listening to our podcast, listen to his podcast on the ringer. Um, Cause he can bring you some insights that Justin and I obviously cannot. Um, but Tyson, Tyson pointed out. Yeah, yes, exactly. Tyson pointed out <laughs> that like, because they don't have provisions, they don't have rice. They don't have some things. And even when they have some of the provisions, they know that those things can be taken away that, 
it, it's kind of brought it back old school to like the original Rupert era of his tribe sat down or were talking and they were like, listen, we got to keep Nazir. He knows how to make fire. He knows how to find food. He knows how to do all this stuff that we don't know how to do. We're lost without him. We got to keep him. And so I do think he's safe, at least until the merge, but all of those right. things shortly after the merge make him a, oh, he's got to go. Because everybody's going to realize I can't sit, I can't sit next to Nasir at Final Tribal. Right. Well, and I don't even know with if merge is, is even the the goal right here because the it's such a shortened season. Like maybe it's even tribe swap because you know the the merge is coming right after tribe swap. Right. Um. So I think somewhere between tribe swap and merge, we could see Nasir go. Um. And that's just when people realize, oh, like there will be other providers that aren't as big a threat to winning the game as Nasir. If that makes sense. Like, right. If you, yeah. like, you just kind of know um, that, that it's like, you could get a Brad or, um, you know, JD or somebody like that who is going to, or, you know, um, not Danny, cause Danny's on their tribe, but like, you know, there's a Xander coming or something. Um, well, and eventually, eventually the threat of losing supplies goes away because eventually, eventually right. like you can't give if it if it after the merge you can't give Xander Flint and it not help everybody. You know, it's not like Xander's going to go make a fire by himself and you know fight people away with sticks if they come near his fire. Well, that that's how Xander goes home. Yeah, <laughs> like, uh, eventually, you know, uh, it, I guess it's possible that they could feed people entirely through reward challenges. But even then, you feel pretty comfortable that that love is going to get spread around where you're going to eat. And it also comes back, Survivor's not going to let them starve. So, like, at some point, you know that food is going to be available. Um, and, and so as they get past the merge, having a provider seems less um, important, I guess. Um, and, he, and, and beyond that, he's going to stop providing for them because it's no longer a team game after the merge. So uh, he's not going to be as keen right. on hunting down food for everyone. So I, a long way to say that Nasir, our enjoyment of Nasir is probably short lived, but man, he's just such a fun, joyful, uplifting character on the show to me. And it's so much fun to watch him. Yeah, I really, I mean, I, he has grown on me a lot. Not to say I didn't like him from the, the previews, but like, he just, like you mentioned, it's just an infectious um, story that he has, infectious desire to be here on the show. And like, really, it kind of takes you back to the roots of why you love Survivor, watching him play the game. And so I think that's that that's the big thing with, with Nasir is he brings you just a ton of joy when you're watching him. Um. And it was just that the little interaction with with uh, Deshaun was really cool. Deshaun was like, you know, me and my dad's, me and my dad spent like, me and my dad, my brother spent like fourteen hours trying to make fire at home. I get out here and this knife's like a thousand times bigger than the one I use, so now I can't do it anymore. And the Sears like, all right, buddy, like, it, it's fun that you take an hour every morning to try to do this. He's like, but let, let me let me get the fire started, and we're just gonna let you go practice. <laughs> it was just really fun, like, <laughs> but he did it in a much nicer yeah. way. But it was it was a funny little interaction where like Nasir just walks over, kind of like snaps his yeah. fingers, fires there, and Deshaun's like, "Oh wow!" 
yeah yeah it was really cool it was really cool um and it just kind of illustrates like even some of the things that you and i wouldn't think about because we've talked about how and my wife even said it when i was talking to her about the episode why wouldn't you practice fire and it was another angle of it that like this dude did practice he practiced a lot and even that one little difference of the size of the the Mm -hmm. utensil that he was using made a difference. Now it would have been pretty easy to watch an old episode of survivor, take a screenshot of the, the machete they're using and go get that machete. Um, that would have been, that, that would have been doable, but it just kind yeah. of illustrates that every little thing matters in that, in that circumstance. Probably just, you probably think like, if you can do it on a little knife, you can do it on a big that knife. Clearly wasn't the case. So I learned something. That's not the case. The other one was yeah. Brad, uh, he was in a little bit of trouble, but his running was not like I assumed he was running on an idol hunt or something. Um, that wasn't the case. He was right. My goodness. Going to Brad, man, he is a wild man. And I don't know that it's in a good way from gameplay, but it's fun not to watch. Not. He's like he's like, I'm gonna he's like, I'm gonna I'm gonna sneak over and listen to their conversation. But he's but he says that in front of the rest of the tribe. And my favorite thing is and I mean I have to keep in my mind that it's entirely possible that the faces they made didn't time up the way it was edited. But in the way it was edited, he says he's gonna go run but he like kind of wildly gestures that he's going to go run down the beach because Ricard and JD are going off to get water and he's going to sneak down there and hide. And he's going to listen to him. He kind of wildly gestures all that. And Shan just kind of looks at him and the, the look is reminiscent of like a teenage daughter. When dad says, we're all going to take family pictures today. That's the look she gave him was just like, okay, dad, do it. Fine. And he goes running off and he really doesn't learn anything. He comes back and he acts like he's learned a big secret, but all he really learned is that JD and Ricard kind of think they, they want to vote him out, but he already knew that because he got votes at tribal. So. Right. Like he learned literally nothing. Absolutely nothing. Uh, But you know, it was like, it was a funny moment. Like it was, it was, it's good TV. Like it's one of those that like I've gone from thinking from his pre show materials i've gone from thinking that brad could potentially be a winner like he's somebody that i've drafted yeah he's, he's not, not winning anything. anything i've gone from thinking he's a potential winner <laughs> to thinking like this dude could be around for a while only because everybody knows he's not winning right well um, but it was, he's it's funny it's almost like a, a like this is really not meant as a big insult but it's probably a little seem that way it's like a wish.com tony and rick devins like baby like <laughs> Maybe I, it's it's more like, gosh, who was it that I was thinking of that he was kind of like? Well, Tony did that in his uh, second season that you have not seen yet. He ran through the jungle oh. and like screaming, and <laughs> he immediately gets voted out because of that. <laughs> um, okay, so I can see that. I was thinking more of like a, um, oh gosh, I'm drawing a blank. I had I had a, a thought in my mind, like a a less devious coach is what he reminds me of. We're like, every time he talks, people's eyes are rolling. They're like, what is this guy doing? Why would he do it that way? But it, it's, it, he really, he's really only similar to coach in that he's just pure entertainment value from a gameplay standpoint, especially in token change. You're like, 
This yeah. guy thinks he has a chance to win. In reality, he, this man has no chance to win this game. Uh, coach, coach, coach has a great arc. You haven't seen it yet, but he's got a great arc. So and again, so, I'm comparing this. Brad, I don't want a Brad arc. Brad to Token Chain's <laughs> coach. It, the, 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 there are a lot of differences, but the main similarity I'm seeing is this man provides only entertainment value. It's pretty clear early on he's not yes. going to win. No, and, and you know, if he were to somehow stumble his way into a final travel, he'd get no votes. But yeah, he's fun, funny guy, uh, fun to watch at least. Um, just yeah, I mean, he's clearly not in his element. Like even though, like when we were watching the videos, we all thought like this is his element. It's not. He he's not. He's not a survivor no. element type person. But anyway, uh, <laughs> so so you've got that, um, and then. We get to see, because one thing before the season, or right, right at the beginning of the season, we see uh, Jeff hide, a, hide a, an advantage uh, the, the, near the Yasa tribe. Well, we've seen Tiffany come very close to finding that advantage. I think she had her hand on the stump where or branch that's hidden in last week. Mm-hmm. Xander finds it. Xander goes hunting for an idol, goes hunting for an advantage. He finds it. I think he went off to look for water or something and um, ends up finding. We went to go look for the tribe because um, they were all gone. They, they were all, all gone. And he and who was it? Was it him and uh, Liana? Yeah, he and Liana are like, well, we'll split up. And when they split. He told Liana, let's split up. So he sent her on a wild goose chase, which was actually kind of smart. <laughs> I think. The subtitle, if I had, if I was making like a a Xander highlight video for this season of Survivor, the subtitle would be actually kind of smart. That kind of, because you don't think he is. When you look at him, when you hear him talk, and when you see some of the stuff he does, you don't think he's smart. But he's actually kind of smart. We've seen it before in other seasons where like Fabio tells the the entire world that like my entire strategy is to look act and be dumb even though i'm really not and then he makes it to the end and and wins survivor because he yeah. looked acted and and might have been dumb but we'll never know because he won so you can't, can't even knock it yeah so xander he finds this advantage and and this is one i really want to spend some time on because this is new when he's terrible it, well, yeah I, well spoiler alert we don't like it uh, but he finds his advantage on the outside. It says "Beware advantage," and it, and it says something to the effect of, "If you take this, you have to do what it says, but you can just put it back." And Xander kind of toils over that decision. Now, again, I'm going to hearken to something that I had not thought of, but uh, on the 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 podcast with Tyson and and his um, his buddy Riley McAtee. Riley points out there's really nothing if if it's issuing a warning that means you're you could stand to lose something and there's really nothing an individual player in survivor can lose other than their vote that's it they don't have anything you know especially in this season where it's not like they have rice and they can say yeah. uh, production's going to be watching you can't eat rice for 3 days like they don't have that, they don't have Flint if they don't win the challenge. So 
really all they can do is lose their vote. Knowing that, I, I have a hard time when I see this thinking, I'm going to keep this and open it. But especially once you find out what's inside, it's going to be hard for Survivor to get anyone to open one of these packages again. Because what's inside is a sheet of paper that describes this scenario where um, this is essentially one immunity idol that's tied to two others. But it's not he doesn't actually have the idol yet. It's not activated. And it only becomes activated when all three find it, and you'll know that all three have found it because at a challenge, all three must say these sentences. And Justin, these sentences are ridiculous. Yeah, it's like butter, butterflies are dead relatives. Another one is broccoli is just a bunch of small trees. The goat, goat one is one. I'm as confused as a goat on AstroTurf, which the goat one is the only one that like really flows naturally. Now, yeah, like you can just look at Jeff and be like, gosh, man, this this challenge right here, it's got me confused like a goat on AstroTurf. Now, the other two strange things, like the other two strange sentences are probably going to pair too well with that one and really make you realize like, oh, there's something going on here. Like these these three, just all three said a weird phrase. Yeah. And so once that happens, (laughs) once all three are said, all three idols activate and. All is well and good. But until then, Xander doesn't have a vote at Tribe. And you add all this together, and Justin, I just don't like this advantage. Yeah, I would still take the advantage, and I told you that before. Um, but but I, I think a lot of players, I, I just don't know what the long-term goal is with this. Well, I mean, I get it. I get an idol, and if I can, if I think I'm in pretty good with my tribe, and I think my tribe is doing well enough at challenges, I, I mean, again, it all goes back to how you feel. To me, I think it was fine that Xander got it. The problem in lies when he tells everybody he's got it, because they realize now that there is a specific window in which they can take him out, and there's nothing he can really do about it. One, because his idol isn't activated. Two, he don't have a vote. So, like, telling people about the advantages and giving them all of these clues is, is the problem. Now, what I'll what, say is... Well, the problem is, the problem is he has to tell his alliance. Because the more I think about it, there's only five votes. And so the odds are, you know, when you've got nine votes that are, that are there... There's a really good chance that Jeff does isn't going to read all the votes, right? Because you yeah. know, if it's five, if if it's actually a eight to one vote, he might only read five of them and go, "That's enough." Snuff out your torch. And so you, there's a chance, there's a really good chance actually that no one will ever know you aren't voting. With five votes, they're going to know you're not voting because it's almost guaranteed all, all right. votes are going to be read. So that first tribal, when they think you're voting and all the votes are in, there's only four. And they're like, well, how is it a how is it a tie? Well, well, in this case though, you knew there was three votes going against some. Right, but there wouldn't be if Xander's not voting. Well, no, it would have been three two. Remember, because he was going to vote 
with with the person that went home. So they wouldn't have read. They would have never got to his vote because he would have like three two beat three already beats two. Right, but usually when it's three two, Jeff reads all of them. He reads back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. He reads back and forth twice, and then he reads the deciding vote. Right. In this case, he might only read one and then go three one, and then doesn't read the last vote. I guess, well, I guess with the way the vote worked, you're right. But in Xander's case, yeah. what he thinks is, is going to happen is he, Evie, and Vochi are going to vote for Tiffany. Tiffany and Liana, maybe, right. they think they might get Liana. But worst case scenario, Tiffany and Liana vote for, vote for one of them. But it doesn't matter because they got three votes. So in Xander's mind, he has to tell them. Right. Because they need to be ready for the fact that it's going to be 2-2 instead, and they have to go get Liana. That's why he has to tell them. Because if he doesn't tell them, they don't. They may not try to get Liana, and it's 2-2, two two and it's, an, and it, and it's an, an unbreakable tie, really. So it, the, the size of the tribe made it where he, I think he had to tell them. Yeah, I just I think there's a way around it where you don't have to tell them that you don't have your, I just wouldn't, especially, I guess I wouldn't tell them that my idol doesn't work. Yes. That like, I think I could lie about that and be like, look, so I found this advantage. Basically what it does is it, it activates my idol immediately, but I can't vote for the next tribal. Um, but I can still play my idol if I need to. Like there's a way around lying. Like you, you can, you can tell them about losing the vote without telling them about the idol not working is I guess the best way of putting it. Like I wouldn't give them, he's giving them all of the information. Well, he he set a precedent that his drawing card for this tribe is that he's the honest one. And so because of that, he really put himself in a bind because, because, and survivor really put him in a bind because this thing is unlike anything that's really ever been done. Anything he says without showing them the paper sounds like a lie because if he told them the truth without showing them the paper, it sounds like a lie. If he told them, listen, I I got this thing. And if I do this, we three people will get an idol. And I have to say this thing about butterflies being the souls of our dead relatives coming back to say hi. If he told them that and didn't show them the paper, they'd be like, Xander's lying to us. Why is he lying to us? What does he actually have? We need to vote him out. Right? Like, there, there's just, there's no real scenario where yeah. he could tell them, well, hey, so I don't have a vote tonight. Right. And not, ex- I guess that goes back to, like, you just don't tell them you, you, you don't have the right. vote. Like, right. I think if you're, you just, you just don't tell them anything. And, and here's, here's the other thing to that though. Like once they do that, like once they realize, Oh, Xander does like, if the vote ends up being two, two and they realize Xander doesn't have a vote well, Xander just looks at, you know, Voce or, um, Evie, uh, or looks at Liana and Tiffany and says, look, just vote the other one. Vote the other way. And let's go ahead and get the show on the road. Or, or I guess it would be Evie and Liana. Um, would have been the split vote there because the votes were on Tiffany. But you know what I mean? Like you, you, you tell whoever, tell, look, I lost my vote um, for for one tribal. Um, sorry, guys. 
And like, yeah, it probably puts you in a bad spot, but you hope that you have the the idle next go round, and you just hope that it doesn't come to that. Like, I, I yeah, think that's a risk you you have to be willing to take. Um, I think that's better than telling people because it rightfully so got Evie thinking. Let's just vote about now. He, he can't stop us. Yeah, yeah. It really, I, I really think I, I just come back to this. I don't think it's an advantage at all, but it, it, it is if it works. You you get an idol. There's just so many layers where I don't like this. One, it sets the precedent that if you do this in the future, a, a lot of players are not are not going to take it. And that's not what you want. You want to set up something because right. in the end, first of all, it says uh, what we didn't, what we weren't told, but this is some of the research I was talking about that that Justin was able to do that he wouldn't have been able to do if we recorded on Wednesday night. Uh, at the bottom, it said that if you get to emerge um, and they all haven't been found, the vote stipulation goes away and you don't get your idols essentially. Um, right. And because of how close to merge, at least one of one or two of these is going to be found. Um, you really shorten the window where people would even have a reason to pick it up and take it. Because if, if you're at, you know, what, 13 people left, you're going to, you know, the merge is coming out like eight. If that, it might come at 11, you know, um, because a lot of, you know, so you know, you're close to the merge. You're like, I'm not going to have time to find to, I, I don't think there's going to be time to accomplish all of this. And I can't, I can't risk. And on these small tribes, I can't risk not having right. my vote. Um, I, I really think it's created a, a, an instance in the future yeah. where even if it's a different kind of advantage, if somebody sees a package that looks like this, they're not going to take it. Um, the other elements that, that I don't like about it, I, I think it would have worked if it didn't have that. If they were allowed to look at it and then decide if they wanted to take it or not. Um, that might have helped. Yeah. Or if. Yeah, but even then, like I, I think it, I think you should have to. Like the whole point is, it's a risk and reward situation. And you know it when you pick it up that, that you're losing something, and you have to know you're probably losing a vote because that's already kind of been a theme on the season. Xander specifically has already risked his vote once. Um, you know when he went to turn the wheel, he got the extra vote. Um, I just think that like. I don't know. I think losing. I think. I think my issue is the balance. It's not losing one vote. It's losing five votes. Potentially, unless they and all the find end, it really they, quickly, and then they don't. Well, you don't lose it, the it, vote. Yeah, but then in the end, too. Now you not only have an idol, probably at least a couple of people. You're going to have to with these size tribes. You're going to have to let somebody know that there's an idol coming. At the very least, when all three of you say ridiculous sentences at the same challenge, and Xander will now have at least said this ridiculous sentence twice, everybody doesn't know what you have, but they know you something is going on. And there's a chance that a lot of people will know that you have idols because you might have to enlist help. I wonder if that's what Xander was doing when he told Evie and Voce because we saw... Evie go to this uh, similar situation to what Xander, it was the exact same situation to what Xander and Danny and JD went to, except it was just her and Deshaun 
And she told Deshaun um, Xander's secret. I really think that helps Xander more than <laughs> it hurts him. Because now he has at least one person on that Lubu beach that's going to be going and looking for that. Or could be going to look for it. Yeah, that's fair. Um, that in particular worked out well, but like if it had been Liana or if it had been Tiffany, like I don't think he was thinking that far ahead. I don't think he was, but I, I honestly think that's the only way he's going to get that to happen. Because what if one of those traps, like we haven't seen anybody on Ua even think about going to look for idols, right? Not that I know of. Well, I'm trying to think if, uh, I think Ricard looked a little bit. Um, Brad might have looked for a little bit, but not not a ton. You're right. There's not been a, like a whole segment of like idol hunting on that beach. What if what if one of the other tribes and you have no way of controlling this? That's the other thing I don't like is that like you don't have any control over being able to complete it. What if nobody on one of the other tribes is good at finding idols? Yeah, but again, that goes back to it's a risk-reward thing. I'm playing the devil's advocate because I really don't like the – I'll say that now. Like, I don't really like it, but, like, I get the – I at least get where they're trying to go with this is to make idols – I mean, maybe you want people to pause and think, well, maybe do I – do I really want an idol? Is it really worth it to lose my vote? Um, that Maybe that's their way of, of kind of not ushering advantage out of the game, but at least kind of balancing out somebody from just finding a ton of idols and making their way to the end is making them I think this, a I think risky this, thing. Yeah. I think the simplest way to do that, because um, the other thing about this is it makes for clunky TV. Like it's not bad TV. It's just like, I mean, it's funny. It's funny watching Xander. And I really think the way Xander did it was pretty, pretty creative. Uh, Jeff asked a question about like how it was going at camp. And Xander's like, yeah, I mean, it's uh, whew, it's it's rough, you know. We we haven't had Flint. I haven't been sleeping very well. Uh, it's cold at night, and uh, I, I'm, I'm delusional, you know. I, I woke up thinking that like butterflies are are dead relatives coming back to say hi. And I mean, I was really impressed with how he got with how he got that worked in. Now he can't like. How is he going to work it in again? Will be the other than like maybe just saying like Jeff, you remember that time that I was telling y'all about them dead relatives and them butterflies? Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. Or like if somebody says something off the wall, maybe that's how you play it off. Is like, dang, you sound like me when I was delusional last week when I said, you know, dead, you know, butterflies are like dead relatives coming back to say hi. Like maybe that's how you play it off. Is like you sound just as delusional yeah. as I did. I think ideally, like they set it up in a, in a way that ideally the first person to find it is whatever tribe is saying the thing about the goat and the astroturf. Because that's something that like, if you're, especially if you're tired, like that just flows easily as like something that accidentally becomes a catchphrase, you know, like, right. Especially if it's it's anybody, you're like, I'm as confused as a goat, as a goat on astroturf. If anybody laughs, you have reason to say it again. That one is perfect to be the first one because you can say it at every tribal or at every challenge. And it, I mean, it might get on somebody's nerves, but like that's the worst thing that's going to happen. The The other thing is really easy to be like, okay, something's up with this guy. We just need to right. him out. Um, 
<laughs> just again, the whole advantage is kind of weird, but like, and, and you're right, it's kind of clunky. And especially the bad part for me as a fan watching it was seeing Tiffany get so confused by how it worked. Because like, well, he's sitting there, like, basically, like, laying it out for her, and it still didn't necessarily make a ton of sense to Tiffany. And, like, I don't really blame Tiffany. Like, I like I had to go back and research it and read over it myself to really understand all the ins and outs of what this advantage does. And, like, so that, that makes it also kind of clunky. And it's definitely impacting the game because I think Xander goes home, if not for – Tiffany somehow lobbying to, to get uh, Voce out. Yeah. So there's an immunity challenge and it's a, it's a survivory survivor challenge and it's, it's out in the ocean and there's, there's obstacles in swimming and Tiffany does terribly. Like not just, not just kind of bad. Basically quit. She quit without quitting. she, She was sitting on this balance beam and just awful, just terrible. And if, if Liana wasn't, so phenomenal in her portion of it, it would have been an absolute massacre. They actually came back and almost, almost, because it was a uh, double immunity. So two, the top two tribes got immunity and, and fishing gear. And, um, and if Leon, if look, I'm sorry, if Voce got them back within striking. I mean, Liana did, but like Liana, Voce, and Evie basically almost saved them from going tribal to tribal. Yeah. Like, it was really close for me. Like those, those, those three, and Xander, because Xander got them out to it. But I think they were in the lead. They were. Um, I, I just think when you've got when you look at it, there's really only one answer to go home, and it was Tiffany. Like it, it just was. Like the only thing is. If you are heavy, and, I, and I've seen this theory thrown out in a couple different places, and I was, I want to say it was on, uh, I saw it on Twitter, but I also saw it on, like, I think it was Rob has a podcast. I was listening to it a little bit last night. And basically, the theory might be that the Evy is intentionally trying to sabotage this tribe because she recognizes that a tribe swap's coming. And then shortly after that, emerge is coming. So she doesn't need the tribe to be strong. She needs her alliance to be strong. And so getting her three people in her alliance to the next step of the game is more important than letting the tribe win. And so taking out Voce is not only taking out somebody that's not in her immediate alliance, but it's also taking out someone that could be a competitor later in the game against her. And if she's managed to orchestrate it in that way, that's pretty phenomenal gameplay. And and Jeff did a really, you know, a really strange intro to Tribal Council where he pointed out that it comes down to alliance strength or tribe strength, essentially. Um, because what, what it breaks down to is uh, the girls, are, Evie is with Voce and Xander on the surface, that they're going to take out Tiffany because Tiffany's obviously the weakest player. The girls then have a discussion that they're going to take out Xander is the plan that Liana and Evie have. They're going to take out Xander because Xander has an extra vote. He has the potential for an idol and they need to get him out of here. Um, now's the time. They know he doesn't have a vote. Evie has looked at the actual paper. She knows as much as Xander does about this advantage. 
And mm-hmm. that seems to be where it's going. But Tiffany is not convinced that what Evie is telling her is the truth. And she wants to take out Boche because they know they can take out Boche. And under normal circumstances, if you're talking about, let's say, blood versus water, where like uh, part of the, the underdog alliance is pretty convinced, like Hayden is 90% sure that, that Tyson has the idol, which he does. And other people are less sure. That thought process makes sense of, hey, well, we think Xander might have it, but we know Monica doesn't have it. Let's vote out Monica. <laughs> Um, and I mixed some tribe names there. I'm, I'm aware. Um, but go with me. Right. Um, in this case, Evie, as a member of the Alliance, is telling Tiffany, she tells her outright, I've seen the paper. I know how this works. <laughs> and at, and there's not only that, there is hard evidence because at the challenge, we heard Xander say this ridiculous sentence. Evie even says, that's why he said the thing about the, about the butterfly. Because he has to say that, and then there's two other sentences that have to be said. They weren't said. He doesn't have an idol. Not only that, he doesn't have a vote. Let's take him out. And Tiffany's arguing hard for Voce, and she's kind of refusing to listen. For me, for me, at that yeah. point, if I'm Evie, I, I recognize that while this girl alliance seemed like a good idea, there's a member of this alliance that is no help to me in in challenges as a tribe which means she's not somebody that after the merge i can count on if we need a, an immunity win she can help us get it and she's not yeah. reliable strategically because she, that that's the bigger like, point that, that, that's, that's, that's that's a huge point is that, that she's not reliable strategically right. but she also doesn't bring anything else to the table so if I'm Evie, especially, maybe not Liana, but if I'm Evie, especially, I'm, and Liana was open to voting Tiffany. So if I'm, yeah, if I'm Evie, I sit back and so, I go, okay, I can have a three-person alliance with Liana and Tiffany, who's a fruitcake, and can't figure out this very simple thing that I'm telling her. So either A, she's dumb, or B, she doesn't trust me when, I'm, when I have evidence that what I'm telling her is true. Mm-hmm. Or I can have a four-person alliance with me, Liana, Voce, and Xander. That's a stronger alliance that can actually do stuff, and and is strategically sound. Yeah, I'm gonna go that way. So I think it it could come down to two things. If Evie is truthfully sabotaging to get her three people to the next level and taking out strong competitors now before the merge. Because the thing is, and I think the reason you take out Xander now is because you do know there's a merge coming. What if he goes on a, on an immunity run? Like because of it being a shortened season, because you know, the merge is coming up sooner than, than later. And you're fine. Basically, because they're not going to let them get down past three. And she knows that. Like, and if it comes down to it, like her and her and Liana just vote Tiffany out. Like, there's nothing to work like, right? Like, at no point is she going to really have to worry about going out in the in the in the tribe phase if it stays with this group and they let it get down to even two, and they get absorbed into the other two tribes, which has happened before. Um, in another season, I want to say it was Philippines. Um. They did it in Kagiyan too. I think it was in, yeah, maybe. But I think there was also one in Philippines where a tribe got so railroaded, they literally just put the last two people on the other tribes and let them go. 
Um, there was no tribe swap. They just literally put one on one tribe and one on the other. Um, <laughs> cause they got down to two and I, like, even if it gets down to that point, she knows she's safe on either side. And so there's that thought process, but to me, and, and taking down a strong player like either Voce or Xander, who are two potential winners, is a lot more appealing than taking out a goat this early. And that's what Tiffany's going to be if you get her to the end. You, you can beat her, like 100%. Like you recognize that from day one. And I think the shortened season brings that into – allows you to start thinking about goats this early. Unfor- like As crazy as that sounds, I think you can actually start thinking about who can I beat at the end – I would personally not want to start thinking about it this early, but I do think with a shortened season, you kind of can. Um, See, I think it it could be because, because the number of votes is no different than the number of votes in Kageon. It's just happening faster. You're still, you're still no different. Like as far as the actual action, you're at like day six on Kageon. It just happens to be that you're going to get there faster on the calendar. But at the end of the day, the strategy should be the same. Now, I would agree with you that there's certainly merit to taking out a stronger player. But if you're Evie and you're, and you're double-crossing that, yeah, sort of, uh, they think you're double-crossing. If you're double-crossing that alliance you had with the two guys, why in the world are you not taking out the person that that has the advantages. That has the right. I I wonder just the way Evie handled it after Voce got voted out. She says, "Hey, to doing that man tapped uh, Xander on the knee." Part of me wonders if she already had gone to Xander and told him, and like, look, you don't have a vote. We're gonna go. Um, you know, we're gonna go Voce tonight because if we go down and we get it's two two. You know, I'm really putting myself at risk, and you don't have a vote, so I have to, I have to do this. I don't really have a choice, and I, I know you don't want it to be to be outed that you have have lost your vote. So I think the best thing for me to do is just to take out Voce, unfortunately, and I can try to pull Liana in, and we'll still have a three. Then next time we can just take out um, Tiffany if we have to when you have your vote. I think that might be like I, we didn't see that, so we don't know. But you got to wonder if maybe she had she had told that was what was going to happen. Um, if yeah, if it I were me, that I would try to handle it probably some way like that, where like I'm protecting both of us by doing this, and I'm really sorry that I have to do it because I hate breaking up the the three person alliance we have. I, I guess just when I'm looking at the game, the original thought of the girls voting out Xander makes a ton of sense to me. I didn't want to see it happen. I really like Xander, but that made a ton of sense to me. Once Tiffany starts doing that, that that equivocation where she won't listen to reason, that's not going to get better. Like she she's not going to no. suddenly after you get past number you're always going to be dealing with that. Right, it's similar yeah, to Monica. Was, though, they could count on Monica. They could go sit down and eat food while Monica won a immunity challenge. You don't have that with Tiffany. Right. You, Monica could make sure that yeah. Aiden didn't win that immunity challenge. Tiffany can't do that for you. 
And so, and with Monica, it was always like she was scrambling trying to make something happen when there were unknowns. Tiffany has knowns. She's being confronted with very real facts. And if she doesn't trust you, because that's what it comes down to. She doesn't trust Evie. I I would, when I'm sitting there with Evie, I'm looking and I'm going, now, if I'm Evie and I'm looking and I'm going, I can have a four-person alliance with the strongest four members of this tribe. And I can take out Tiffany Mm -hmm. and just be done with it. If I want to work, if I want to work with Xander and I want to work with Liana anyway, I'm just going to do that. The other, the other thing you got to think about though, and I just thought about this is if you take out Tiffany, it becomes a two, two guys versus girls, right? Let's say that Xander's idol is activated at the next tribal. And it, and it is them going to travel at four four. Well, you want to work with Liana, and Xander wants to work with Voce, and you can't get them to nudge. And then you put your votes on Voce. They put their votes on Evie because she won't work with them anymore. Xander plays his idol for Voce, and now Evie's out of the game. By keeping Tiffany, you avoid that situation of you going home. That's that's the fair. That's fair. I really. See, and this is where I think, and we've discussed this guy-girl alliance business. This is where I think Evie made a mistake. Because the original alliance, the guys didn't want a guy's alliance. The guys wanted Voce, Xander, Evie, and Liana. And really, Evie was like the number three, and Liana was the one they got as like a, you know, we we can get her if we need her kind of thing. They wanted Evie. She was in their alliance. So she's created this guy-girl thing that would then take her out. Do you see what I'm saying? Like, she could have stayed with them and been fine. She she could have and been been three. By going with the girls, she's one. And, and I think and I would not. worry more about that after the merge. But when yeah, but you gotta get there. I, I, and, and, I think and, if she just goes with with Voce and Xander, she gets to the merge because she's in the three side, and she's in the three side that has an idol and an extra vote potentially. Instead of setting herself up as right. because now maybe she can pull Xander in temporarily because he has to have her. But Xander knows that they're going to target him as soon as they can. So when they get to the merge, I don't know that he's a number for them. If she goes with Xander and Voce and locks in with them, and then Liana is their number four and they take out Tiffany, when they get to merge, she's locked in with Xander and Voce and whoever they can pull in. I think it positions her stronger for the future if she sticks with that original trio she had instead of trying to set up the girls thing. That really, honestly, maybe this is just from the edit. It felt like we're going to do a girls thing because it's a girls thing. Maybe, and I think that the other thing to just consider is maybe she just wanted to take out the stronger person because she does know the merge is coming. And and if that's the case, then yeah, that was the right move last night. I still, Uh, I still go back to if you're going to take out a stronger person, I think Xander was the stronger person. Yeah, you take Xander out, but. You know, there's also the the possibility that you recognize that having Xander pulling him in as your fourth, having Xander on the bottom, but working with you, 
you have access to his next vote. You have access to his idol, potentially, yeah, in terms yeah. of just working with you. Vote, what does Voce bring to the table that Xander doesn't? <clears throat> Xander brings you an extra vote and an idol that if you're in good enough with him, maybe he uses it on you, or maybe he uses it at the merge to turn the tide for your team or for your alliance. Voce doesn't have that. Voce can't help you in that way. All yeah. he is a singular vote. And you kind of gestured to this. A lot of this relies on some things we didn't see. A lot of this relies on how she interacts with, with we interacted with Xander, how much he knew, um, and and how they they sell it to Xander. Maybe we'll see that next episode. Maybe it's something that we do. We, yeah, maybe something we don't see. Another Xander thing, didn't seem shocked. I told this to you earlier. When you watch the video, and I kept going back and looking, I couldn't. I, to to this point, they have not released a video that I saw where we got to see what was said when these people were casting their votes. Liana in particular looked way more animated than I would have expected for, hey, we're doing this vote because um, we have this alliance and we think for our alliance, it makes the most sense to vote you out. She was very animated. And I wonder if there's something, have you gone back and watched it? Mm-hmm. I I wonder if there's no, something that we didn't see that doesn't make any sense for the larger narrative of the season because David's the third person that that got voted out. He's not on jury. It's not going to come back up. Um, was there more to this that made Voce a um, a target? Was there? Yeah, had he, had he rubbed him the wrong way. Which is something we predicted to start the season. You know, he's a neurosurgeon. He's he's comes off as very self-assured. In the edit, he has not. In the edit, he's he's he we talked about it. He played that situation last week very well with the um the choice the the sweat versus the trying smarts challenge. He he played that very well. He he's I thought he played a really good game. In the edit, he seems like almost collateral damage. That like this alliance formed. They wanted to take out one of these two. They decided to take out David because that's who Tiffany wanted, and it kind of it kind of eases her mind a little bit that they'll go along with her and take out Voce. Um, so I know you don't watch or you don't listen to the Rob as a podcast, but um, they do a know it all section after, like right after the show. And <clears throat> Stephen Fishback is the like the main person that Rob has on with him. And he said last night, he said, "I knew Voce was gone." The second that Jeff asked the question, he said, because when you get the question of like from Jeff of something along the lines of, so you've had a pretty hard time out here. Like, tell us your story or like he tries to get some emotional story out of you. You know, you're going home at that point. He said, I realized that in. Courtney told me that after she got back from Heroes versus Villains. And then I realized that when I played, and I think it was Second Chance, he said it happened to me twice in Second Chance. He said, but I had an idol played for me. And so, or I played an idol. And so he had asked that emotional question and it just, it, it, it ended up not mattering. But then the next time, like the two tribals later, he asked a similar emotional question. And Steven was like, I knew then I was going home. And so when he asked Voce that last night, of tell us a little bit about your story. And he knew, he said he knew ex- right then, because apparently they, they ask all of the, the tribe, the, the folks coming into tribal, they ask him who they're going to vote for. And they say, 
I'm voting for Voce. I'm voting for Voce. And he said, now that could change. And so it makes that, that question a, a moot point. But the initial, the reason why he asks, asked that initial question apparently is to give you the emotional buildup to that person going home. Now I'll also say this survivor knows that these things exist because Tyson last week said he thought Voce was going to win and at least go very deep because normally the only people that get the last name lower third are people that are going deep. Which is what I said last week on the, is that what you said? On the podcast. And I, okay. I, 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 I knew I heard it from Tyson. I couldn't remember if you said it or not, but like, I was like, he got a last name. He's going far, baby. Yeah, we got, yeah. This. And, 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 and um, that validates it. That's not just you as a fan coming up with crazy fan theories. Tyson said it. That's a thing. And like when you, when you, when you wrote me that Tyson said it, I was like, yes, I said that. I knew I wasn't crazy. Yeah. And then they, so it's, it's entirely possible. I'm saying this for the sake of like, it, if you're out there listening to this and you think you want to play one day, um, it's entirely possible that Jeff will know, especially if people like Fishback are saying it, that he'll go, okay. And then he's going to ask that question to somebody who has, who's in no danger of going home. Um, so that that's possible, but yeah, that's interesting. Right. So I just wonder, I I just wonder if there's, if there was something else, if there was more to it. And just at the end of the day, it didn't matter because it doesn't fit. At the end of the day, they're making a, they're making a story They're They're making a show that's supposed to tell a story. And if, and if what fits the story better is that Voce was right. uh, a strategical play by this alliance, and it doesn't matter that in actuality he was kind of rude to Liana, and that's why it was so easy for her to flip over to him, then they, th- then we'll never know that. But I just wonder if there was more to it because it just seemed like a very – it didn't seem like a great play to me. I know you, you, know, you, you made some very compelling arguments. I still don't know that it was the best play for Evie. Um, but that that tribe, <laughs> War Dog. I know we're, but, I mean, a lot of, we're name dropping a lot of people. War Dog from season thirty eight on Twitter before this season, like well before this season started, he said that this tribe, this Yase tribe, was going to be sloppy, and he couldn't wait to watch them play. And they are very messy. They are a very messy, sloppy tribe. There's all kinds of things happening. Uh, Xander's telling everybody yeah. everything he knows. Evie's telling everybody everything that she knows about Xander. And meanwhile, you've got. Tiffany can't get across this this uh, two by four. It's just a hot mess. Um, and Dave, poor Voce, the one guy who seemed to just be kind of balanced and kind of, all right, well, Xander, you're my guy, and we're going to vote the way we vote. I'm locked in. Heavy, you're with us, right? We'd love to have you. He seems to be the most straightforward, the most balanced. Probably the he's. A, we know he's physically strong. He's great at puzzles. He's a neurosurgeon, and he's gone home. Like that's he seems to have the most total package of that whole tribe, and he's gone. Yeah, maybe that's why you take him out. And look, I, I, it's crazy because if you'd have told me um, last, well, last Tuesday, so before the season started, you'd have told me Voce is one of the first three people off. I've told you, you yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, lock it in, lock it in. That that guy's going home. But then if you'd asked me on Thursday, I'd have said, well. I don't know about old Voce. Maybe he can hang around. But then yesterday when we were talking, we made power rankings for our survivor fan jury. I told you that I got to thinking this yellow tribe is probably going to tribal. 
I need to put Voce down at the bottom just in case something wacky happens and somebody flips instead of taking. And I put Tiffany dead last because I thought she was going to be the one to go home. And I thought, well, you know, if Tiffany doesn't go home, then it's Voce because it's not going to be Xander. It's not going to be Evie. Um, and of course, we almost got a Xander, and that that about gave me a a little a little mini heart attack because I was like, I got I'm worried. I, I yeah, had Xander two. I had Xander two behind Danny. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. So yeah. Um, so before we go, who do you think got the best edit this week? Yeah, I was good. You want to run down? You want to do top top two, top three, one? What, what, what you thinking? I was just gonna say, well, you know, each of us give one 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 best edit. One. Okay. Um. Ooh. I'll let you go first because let me think on that first. Oh man, I was hoping you'd go first. Um, I think okay. the best edit for the week was probably um, just thinking through the tribes really quick. Probably Liana. Um, I can see that she got a really strong physical edit from the challenge. They went out of their way, even though in a losing mm-hmm. effort, she they went out of their way to point out just how fast she moved through that course. Um, and then she's at the center of all the strategy. Um, she worked. They showed her working hard to calm Tiffany down. Um, they showed her ability, like sh- her willingness to 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 move. You know, she wasn't dead set on this is our target. She was willing to, to listen. So I thought she got a really strong edit this week. I was going to go with somebody from that tribe as well. I was going to say Evie, but I think I'm going to switch over to Deshaun. Thought about him too. Um, D Rad. Um, I think D Rad has a really strong case. You get the you get the funny emotional story at the beginning about working on fire. Um, he goes on the little trek up the mountain, um, and with with Evie, he makes that bond across the the, the path with really giving up nothing. Like he he gets a free vote because Evie's like I need my vote tonight, so he gets a free vote without having to offer anything else in return. Um, then he also gets a ton of information from Evie without really asking, um, and without having to really give anything in return that we saw. Right, didn't really give much in return. Um, he gets another like emotional like package or whatever you want to call it that they, they talk a little bit more about his family, um, about, you know, he, you know, growing up, um, wanting to be, um, an African-American doctor, not being very smart growing up, but really just outworking everybody to get to and achieve his goals to, to be a doctor. Um, I just thought it was a really, really, really strong edit for Deshaun. Like that to me, I'm not going to call it a winner's edit yet, but like, it definitely has the early makings of somebody that's going to go very deep in this game. Please do not get voted out next week, Deshaun. I'm begging you. Uh, but yeah, I think somebody. Your boy needs a win because I do. I'm not bragging, but so far, and all the three people have been voted out, and I drafted none of them. So yeah, and so that that's been a little bit of a rough sore spot for me, but. I'm not even talking about from a fantasy perspective. I said I thought Voce was going to go far. He gets voted out the next week. So now I need – I'm calling it again. I'm saying that my, my boy Deshaun is going to go deep. I can't have him go out next week. So Deshaun, for me, had the best edit. Who had the worst edit? Do you want to go first or you want me to go ahead and go? I'll, I'll let you go first. Uh, it's easy to just say Brad. 
but I don't think he actually had the worst edit. I think um, when you have a, it's generally a good sign to me. I don't do any edgic or whatever, however you say that, but like, it's a good sign to me when you get that quirky running around the Island, hiding in a bush, wackadoodle scene at the beginning. And then you're not in any danger of going home that night. That's a good sign to me. They focused a good portion of the episode on Brad and then he didn't go home. Um, so that, 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 that's a good sign. Probably not a winner, but that's a good mm-hmm. sign that he's going to be around a while, I think. Um, the worst edit, similar to what we said about Heather last week, I could say the same thing about Heather again. Erica. We have seen almost nothing from her. She was very crucial to the puzzle. Mm-hmm. Um, she, was, she was a big part of, of them you know, finishing first. Mm-hmm. They finished first, yes. I think they did. Um, she was a big part of that so. that puzzle. I think it was her. Was it her and Deshaun? I think it was. Oh, okay. She's on the blue tribe. Yeah, I didn't know what tribe she was on. That yeah, tells you how much I knew about the blue her. Tribe. Um, <laughs> and I was actually really interested in watching her and Deshaun because just from their preseason edits, their preseason materials, they both kind of seemed to rely on being devious. And I was really excited about watching them kind of play that out. And so far, we've seen nothing from her. Um, so I think she probably got the worst edit because she got no edit. She's just not present. Um, yeah, no, I, I see that. Um, I'm going to double down on Heather. Um, again, my opinion, worst edit so far. And it's nothing that she's doing wrong. Like, I really like Heather from the one confessional that we've seen from her, which was in episode one. We got the nice emotional confessional. Um, but outside of that, we've got nothing. And this week she sits out of the challenge. So she didn't even get to contribute in, in any meaningful way. Um, her tribe wins, get first place. So you don't get to see any uh, after challenge uh, talks or strategizing for her. And maybe it's just being on the tribe that has not um, gone to trouble yet. Right. Like they, they've right. won both of them. Yeah. And so I think, to, to, to that, like, maybe you're just not getting to see a ton of her because of that. Um, and, like, really, you didn't see Danny at all this week either. Yeah, uh, see, other I, than I, in the I was just power. thinking about that. It, in two episodes, we've seen a lot from Danny total. We've seen a lot from Deshaun Correct. total. Well, we've what, seen a lot from Nasir total. We've seen a little bit from, uh, what's her face, the one I don't like, Sydney. We've seen nothing from... Heather or Erica. Never. I will say though, I don't like right. Like sitting out challenges is something that you would like. I would have to literally be hurt, like Tyson was in uh, Heroes versus or not uh, Blood versus Water. I would have to literally be hurt sit up, to volunteer to sit out a challenge. But I really thought that Heather right. sitting um, out, if you're going to do it, sitting out this early is a smart play because, um, yes. especially when you have to, um, somebody has to sit out. When you just kind of volunteer to go sit out, I have yet to see, even though I would tend to think this way, I've yet to see anybody in Survivor that I've seen go, well, she sat out the challenge. Let's vote her out. I've seen lots of people say that person fell off the bridge and or that person sucked at the puzzle. Like, logically... If I lose a challenge when you're sitting out, I can turn and go, well, yeah, I mean, I wasn't great at the puzzle, but she didn't even help. But that never happens. <laughs> it's always the people who are in the challenge and make mistakes that at least draw some attention. 
So I think it's really smart. If you're not sure right. that there is a way you can help in this challenge, like if you're not set it up, if you're not, because one, one thing Tyson has said is that they do walk through them before the challenges. And what we see on the show is like a one minute explainer, but they like have chances to walk through, ask questions about different portions. You know, if, if these puzzle pieces don't fit exactly, or, or like if one of them is kind of sitting out, but you can tell us in the right spot, does it count? Things like that. So you have plenty of time to evaluate. All right. Um, I'm not an exceptional swimmer. I don't have great balance. I'm not great at puzzles. Um, I'm going to set this one out. Yeah. You have time to do that. I, I've yet to see it cost anybody. Right. Well, and I think, I mean, Sanders won twice on it. Um, I don't know. I'll probably get some hate mail for that, but she has. I mean, she sits out. And look, it wins. I mean, say what you want about it, but it's a strategy that works. Um, and look, it, at the end of the day, Heather's had a pretty rough edit through two episodes. Um, but I still think there's time to turn around. She got the one yeah. emotional confessional. And, you know, if she can if she could be a highlight in the next one of these next one or two, I could see her potentially being a goat to the end. Um, definitely not thinking that she can win at this point. Like I'd, I'd probably toss that notion out, but like the, the fact, I think she can get far in the game just by kind of working her way through. Cause we've just not seen enough from her to say, Oh yeah, she's strategic or, Oh, she's going to be sneaky athletic or, you know, she's going to be super good at building relationships. We just haven't seen that yet. And maybe that's coming. Uh, and if it is, then I can reevaluate on whether I think she can win. But right now, I think she's one that, you know, she's honestly just getting another similar to what Erica's doing, just no edit at all. Well, and I think the seasons that you think a goat might be able to win is when you have some really strong villains. Where like, yeah, um, if Katie, for instance, gets to the end of Blood versus Water against Jerv and Monica, mm-hmm. maybe Katie wins. Um. I don't think this season the perp the, the people that I thought had a chance to be strong villains are gone. Are either gone or they weren't. Like Voce, Voce, I thought that was the kind of guy that like, well, if you can get to the end and it's Voce and Heather and um Tiffany. Tiffany. Well, Heather and Tiffany have a chance to win. Right. Um but even Voce, he wasn't that guy. He wasn't the guy who was gonna tick off half the island. Um and I just don't think this season, I think another one that I thought had that potential was Deshaun. And so far we haven't seen that from Deshaun. No. So well, I, the other I, part, I don't, I don't think, I think you're right. I don't think there's a chance for somebody to go their way to the end. And surprise, I won. Yeah. Well, the, the one thing I did hear pointed out on the, on the podcast, one of the podcasts I was listening to earlier was that survivors doing some interesting things with Xander's edit. Um, and they keep making him out as the truthful one, the honest one. I wonder if that's an intentional thing that we're going to see him get either booted because he's too honest or he's going to be the one that turns into and deceives someone um, and ends up maybe costing himself the game by in that, in that regard where he like unnecessarily, like he builds this reputation of being honest and then backstabs somebody um, at, at a certain point, or he gets booted for being too honest. I lean towards he's going to get booted for being too honest. Another one that I would really like to see, and I'm not saying I think it's going to happen is if we get a sort of like a replacement arc for woo. And 
Xander plays this honest game and he gets to a situation late in the game where he can backstab Liana for, you know, just to throw a name out there of somebody he might be working with or Evie, he can backstab one of them and win the game and he does it and wins. That's another thing that I think is possible. I think it's more likely the most likely scenario for him is that he is, he's too honest. He, he, he keeps telling people more than he should mm-hmm. and he gets voted out. Yeah. But some, there is, I think there is something there. And again, I watched the, the edit probably a little closer than, than you do. If I had to guess, um, just because I am trying to be a little bit more like survive super fan type on this. And for me there, and, and listen to some other podcast, I think they're right. I think there is something to this, Xander being so honest, there has to be a, a a reason why we keep getting hammered with that for the first two episodes. I agree. This Xander kid sure is honest, man. This Xander kid sure is honest. Well, at some point we're going to get a fork in the road where Xander is either too honest and goes home or he's not honest at all. And maybe cuts his way to the end and starts backstabbing. And either there's a bitter jury or there's a, jury that appreciates the gameplay. No, I I agree with you. I definitely, you know, I've definitely noticed that as well, that like one of the things that we're supposed to, we're supposed to think right now is that Xander is very, very honest. He will tell the truth to a fault. And, and that's going to come back to, to be some, something in the story later. So, Mm -hmm. well, I'm, I'm looking forward to next week from the pre, from the next episode thing. The biggest thing that I gathered is that something is going on with those folks that are currently on the yellow tribe. And there are some regrets. Liana and Evie specifically seem to regret something that they've either done in this episode or they're going to do in the next episode. I'm intrigued by that. So nobody from yellow is going home. (laughs) Probably. Probably means that blue or green is going home or there's some sort of merge and they recognize that, um, they've hitched their horse to the wrong wagon. Uh, yes, I think we're getting. I think we're getting a tribe swap. Not this time, but the next time. Yeah, because they're at fifteen now. I think it makes. I think what makes the most sense is they're going to cut down to two at fourteen. Yeah, we get a seven on seven tribe. Um, yeah. Yep, yep, yep. So, all right. Well, I've enjoyed it, Justin. I'm looking forward to next week, and uh, have a good weekend. You too, buddy. <laughs>